You're listening to Corporate Multiplayer. The official podcast of the 4-1 Game Zone. Hello and welcome to the Cooperative Multiplayer Live, the official 401 Game Zone podcast. I want to thank again to Josh Wetchel for letting us use part of his song, or parts of his song as uh, the theme for the show. Uh, I am your host, Sean Garmer, and with me, as usual, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. How things have been going? It's uh, been less than a week this time. Yeah, going pretty well. Playing a lot of Metal Gear. Well, that's uh, that's good. You were telling me it could be your game of the year. Yeah, I like it. It's between that and The Witcher 3. And I think The Witcher is very close. Like, I think The Witcher 3 is an amazingly done game. It has a much better story, for example. But I kind of just don't care about the setting that much. And I think, like, The Witcher 3, is, there's not that much variety in the combat, I don't think. I mean, there can be if you want it to be, but not really. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there's not... I mean, what is it, the same... I, I mean, you can, you, know. you, can, you can, like, set traps or, like, you know throw bombs or knives or stuff, but it's mostly just kind of hacking and slashing through various monsters or humans. Well, at least it gives you a lot to do in the game, though. Yeah. Which, you know, I guess the same can be said for Metal Gear. Yeah, that's... It's almost too big. (laughs) Have the other ones been quite that big, or...? No, the other ones were all linear. Like they were all. I mean, they were. I mean, at the t- at the time they were big, but they were all like, kind of just linear stories. Like, you have a mission, go do it, and that. I mean, you can explore around a little, but there's never really any reason to, unless you just right. want to get like some screwball item or just kind of screw around. But this one is just open world, so it's vastly different. Like, Metal Gear Solid 3 and 4 were open world, kind of. Yeah. But not really. Metal Gear Solid 3 was much more so, but both of them were just like, go do this mission. Right. And that's when it's just like, put me on, put me in the desert, and I want to screw around. So, where would you rank this in the Metal Gear Solid uh, pantheon, I guess? Uh, I would say for gameplay, it's probably the best one. As for the story, I'm not quite sure. Uh, Snake never talks, except well, he talks like very rarely. So that's kind of disconcerting. Like, I, like most of the story is just told through like cassette tape. And it's like this is weird. They ever give a reason why it's told through cassette tape? Not really. Snake has a Walkman. <laughs> just randomly, huh? Like some, like one of the characters is interrogated and does like a recording, like cassette, t- like when he's being re- like interrogated, 
and you get the cassette tape from that, but most of the time you just get like mission briefings and like a cassette tape to listen to, and it's like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> well, at least the gameplay is good enough to... Yeah. Not... Oh, the gameplay is great. I just finally, I just unlocked uh, like weapon customization, so I can finally start using non-lethal, non-lethal weapons. Ah, nice. I'm happy about that. So you can uh, start sneaking around, I guess? I've been doing that constantly. Uh, my current buddy right now is D-Dog, who like pretty much just displays every enemy on the map like around you. So he's pretty useful for like capturing guys and taking them to the base. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I, I heard all this... Uh... You were you were you had posted on your status that uh, there was this woman in the game named Quiet. Yeah. Who, I guess is your like plaything or I don't know what your. No no she's a uh, she's like an enemy to start but you take her out pretty quickly. I did it okay. by the usual method of throwing of dropping a few boxes on her head and that killed her or that stunned <laughs> her. I'm not kidding like that's everyone that's how everyone does it. Um. But she becomes a buddy later on. And missions, you can take different buddies with you. Like, I have three right now. I have a horse, a dog, and, like, a walker tank thing. Ah. Uh, and she becomes a, she becomes one later on. I'm hoping to get her soon. But uh, she's, like, a sniper who can, like, take out, like, entire bases for you if you want. Wow. Uh, yeah, but she's dressed, like, there's a story... I read there later, there's, like, a storyline reason why... But she's just dressed in like a bra, a thong, and like sto- unlike stockings, or like see-through like military pants. And I'm like, that's dumb. <laughs> oh, can't go past the stereotype, I guess. Like, uh, w- like women in Metal Gear have kind of always been a little sexualized, except for maybe in MGS2, maybe, right. but. It's kind of like on a whole, like on a weird, like whole new level, and it's not—it's very sexualized, but it's not exploitative. That's kind of the difference. But every time you see her, she has like little clothing on. So. Yeah, but I guess she's not being. Yeah, well, she's she not. Doesn't, she doesn't talk for one, so she's not like. Yeah, she's not telling you to like take her or whatever, you know. Yeah, it's not. Or it's not like some like entendre like leisure suit Larry type of thing or anything like that. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you know, also she apparently, if you take her along certain missions, she'll corrupt your save. Yeah, so. I think it's like save twenty, like twenty four, five, and forty two. Twenty nine and forty two. Okay. You got so. One. Don't take those. <laughs> don't take her on those. Still, that's still funny. Like they figured it out by you don't take this one person with you to. The... I'm kind of curious about how many people, how many buddies there are, because I I have four right now, and I would assume there's probably gonna be some more. It would seem like there's gonna be a lot, or you know, it wouldn't be something big in the game. Has that's something new for the game, right? Oh yeah, entirely. Uh like, I unlock the ability now to play as, like, different characters in the game if I want. Oh, nice. I don't know why I would, but, I mean, like, they did have different stats, but it's like, alright, I guess. 
they should let you play as the guy from uh, Revengeance. Riding? Well, I, I mean, yeah. this game was taking place, uh, uh, 40, 50 years before that, maybe. No, uh, 30. Maybe 20. Because this game takes place, takes place in, like, the mid-80s. Ah. So, it's probably, like, 20, like, 20 years, 25 years. Well, there you go. But, there are child soldiers in this game, because Kojima has a weird fascination with them. Wait, why? <laughs> they were in, they're at least in, Child Soldiers are in at least two other games. They're in Metal Gear Solid, uh, uh, Revent or Rising, for one. And I think they're in, uh, I want to say Metal Gear Solid 4 might have had them. I'm not entirely sure. Or Metal Gear Solid 2 had them, because Raiden is a Child Soldier. He just grown, he just grown up, so... I think Metal Gear Rising was the best one because it was like there's a scene way late in the game where like Raiden goes in this base he discovers all of these children's brains that have been like like removed from their bodies so they're in like robotic casings to like fuel a war machine and it's wow. like this is crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome You've been kind of enticing to play the game, but I've just never been a Metal Gear person. See, I would... This isn't a Metal Gear game. That's the thing. This is basically, like, a third-person Far Cry game. Ah, I can be into that. Like, you can sneak around, and it's very... Well, the, the big thing that helps you to sneak, to sneak around is, uh... When you get spotted, you have, like, a few seconds of reflex time... So you can shoot the person who saw you, and then you don't get, like, discovered by them. Oh. Or you can just call it airstrikes on bases, and that's pretty fun. I can go with that. What's up, Daniel? Hey, everyone. How's it going? Hey. What are you up to? Uh, actually couldn't sleep tonight, and then saw the alert, so figured I'd jump on. Alright. Well, there's not a whole lot of uh, news, whatever. Have you been able to play anything? Uh, not recently. Last week was my 72-hour uh, week at one job, so my uh, time was taken up sleeping when I wasn't there. That sounds awesome. At least be you, really you know. It will be really nice when I get my paycheck. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. At least you have a nice paycheck to look forward to. So, there was a... Well, speaking of The Witcher, there's going to be a... They're getting their... Uh, the game's getting its first expansion, Hearts of Stone, on October 13th. Uh, there's going to be 10 new hours of content with new characters, monsters, romance, and storylines. Uh with the new rune words system and if you get the collector's edition which is like 20 bucks or a limited box edition you can get actual two physical decks of Gwent cards a rule book and other things are you uh you guys excited for this this witcher expansion here mark i i would be but i'm so not 
far in The Witcher 3 right now that it's pretty immaterial to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, if I needed to get to it, I'd need to put in like 200 more hours into that game, probably. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, it says you have to be, like, level 30 or something to play it. Yeah, I'm, like, level 19, I think, and I'm still trying to find Dandelion, so it's, like, whatever. <laughs> do you, you... I don't remember. You don't have the game, right, Daniel? Or you do? No. I do, but I haven't played it as much as I should be and as much as I want to. There always seems to be something coming up or a new game that takes me away from it just a little bit. Ah. Well, at least it'll be there, you know, and it's free if you don't want to get the collector's edition or whatever, so. Hey, I mean, I, I'm not, hey, I, that's uh, the, the best words I, I get to hear are free when it comes to expansion, so. Most people don't do that. That's That's pretty cool. No, I don't mind it being free. That's actually nice. <laughs> so, uh, some uh, details came out of the uh, the lawsuit that Destiny wrapped up, uh, I guess, this week with Marty O'Donnell, the former composer of Halo, and he composed some of the stuff for Destiny, and then he was just fired. So, the guy just, he decided to sue for uh, wrongful termination. And they found out that apparently there was the the game was delayed a whole year because they had to do revisions on the story, and there was supposed to be a lot more story in the game originally. And then all of a sudden, the the guy that was writing the story also left uh, Bungie as well. So it isn't totally clear as to really what caused them to have to change the story around or whatever, but them deciding to take the story out and make it the game that we got is what made it be delayed for a year. It's because Activision said we want five games. <laughs> yeah, because they uh, by now we were supposed to get Destiny 2. And they decided to just make a bunch of expansions instead. Now, obviously, something that's been said by a lot of people is that Destiny needs more story. You, you don't really know what's going on, or there's a lot of uh, a very uh, a lack thereof story period would you have been more into the game or played it longer had it have had a uh, more story to it Daniel yeah I probably would have I mean I got bored with it because it just felt like I was doing the same thing over and over with very little reason for it at least if there was a story it would have had that would have hopefully have been given a reason why I'm fighting the same people for the 20th time or why these this dungeon is better than this other one. I mean there just was very little reason to do anything in that game. Does sort of it like make sense to, does it make sense to you like why they would have taken this out? I mean just That really makes no crunch? sense to me. I mean you want to have do expansions instead of putting out new games, but the only way to do that is to have something with the story, changing it up, doing something to make it feel like a expansion on the game as opposed to, oh look, here's a new dungeon we're just throwing out. What do you think, Mark? 
Yeah, like, it sounds very, like, suspicious on, on like, Bungie's part or Activision's part, more likely. Like, them excising story, but it's just so they can likely put him in the second, third, and fourth games. It's just kind of awful. Like, if you need a... If you need more story, just write more story for those games, like, later on. <laughs> right, I mean, I think Halo had more story than, than this than he did. Yeah. So, uh, just, uh, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, you know, this is, I know they don't want to call it an MMO FPS or whatever, or whatever they want to call it. It's, you know, FPS RPG or whatever, but it, part of that is, it has a story that you want to continue, and then if you're going to make it this grand thing, you want to continue to build upon that. Obviously, you know, Blizzard doesn't make expansions that come out every two or three months or whatever, like Destiny has for a little while. But the point of these expansions is also more to the story that you're unlocking, or different parts of the lore that you're getting to touch upon, which is another thing too, like all the lore you had to go read on the website. I mean, they don't even want you to learn about much of anything about the game. They just want you to keep shooting things, which is great and all, but that you know, like Daniel said, it gets boring. Looks like a Titanfall. Yeah, and that was my big complaint with Titanfall when it came out. It was a fun game, but there was no reason to do anything. It got boring quick, and part of me wonders if part of the reason that they cut out some of the story had to do with some type of legal reasons either they were afraid of a lawsuit or something happened with the guy who the head writers leaving it's just speculation but why else would you delay a game that for a year just to change the story yeah i don't i don't uh well i mean it i think it it had to do with that the guy that was writing the story leaving, but you know, it's just it screams to me like Activision just said, "Okay, we need to get this game out. Uh, screw the story. Let's just cut it so that we can just let them keep playing the game, and you know, the people will just not worry about the story or whatever." And you know, the game has sold well. There's still people playing it. Obviously, this is why they're coming out with Taken King and all that stuff, but. You know, who knows what you could have had had you left that in there. And I mean, do you really believe them when they say, okay, Taken King's going to focus all this stuff on story now? That going forward, they are going to focus on it? It might, but I don't think it's going to help. I think people have moved on from that game because they, the people, people that have moved on from that game because they got bored with it, very few of them are going to come back. Yeah, I agree on that one. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I think that game, at least Destiny, like, the first one was kind of done. Like, I think if they make a sequel, that might get people back in if it's going to be, like, better. Like, I think having, like, Nolan North will help, like, hopefully for the story. Uh, but, yeah, like, even this Taken King stuff, like, them delaying the raid, it just smacks of, like, what is going on over there. Yeah, I mean, why, if anything, why are you taking out the thing that brings the people in the most is the raid. I mean, didn't you already have this problem before with your other expansion not having a raid, period? I mean, that makes sense to me. I'm glad O'Donnell won, by the way, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. He, he deserved it. Uh, well, you know, 
Remember when we thought Bungie could do no wrong and how it was going to rival Blizzard as the next great game studio? Yeah. Somewhere along those lines. That didn't happen. All the but people you know. that said Microsoft was stifling their creativity. I kind of wonder about that now. Yeah, I mean, if any if anybody has come out and shown how you do exclusives, certainly Microsoft. I think Bungie was just kind of tired of this being Halo games, and that's kind of what they all Microsoft wanted from them. So I can kind of see that, but to partner with Activision is just like going from one bad horse to a worse one. It's like this is like that's all their business is. <laughs> I wonder with the ID on Xbox stuff or whatever, if they would have let them say, like, okay, take some of your guys, and if you want to make another game that's not Halo, go do that, or whatever. Kind of like how they, how Ubisoft let, um, I forgot exactly who it was that's making The Wild. He made his own studio and all that stuff, and then then they had another guy go on and he's the one that made Child of Light and they're making something else now so you know I, I wonder if they would have with them wanting more exclusives and stuff like that if they would have let Bungie have what they were asking for I think they definitely would now given the people that were in charge of Xbox and everything at the time I wonder if that's part of the reason why they left yeah, hindsight's right. twenty twenty at this point. Like, if they could have bought Bungie back, or like not had them divorce themselves, they would have done it re- like real quick now. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure if Bungie would have said, "Hey, we're we're done making Halo unless you let us make something else." In the meantime, and you know they would have been like, "Oh well, sure, go ahead." You know, I Imagine. think Microsoft would have been more receptive to them doing something different at this point compared to this time three, four years ago. Yeah, because you still had, what, Don Matrick there and you had other people that were in charge of the Xbox division that didn't see it the way Phil Spencer does now. Exactly. Imagine how much better the Halo Master Chief collection would have been. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Not not gonna... Yeah, not gonna lie about that. I'm sure they would have made sure the multiplayer worked. Who knows? You know, it still could have had issues. But, I mean, speaking of uh, the the Xbox, uh, they had uh, Robbie Bach talk about how some of the stuff that happened at launch of the Xbox One could have uh, been avoided had they, you know, done things better. But he he is amazed at the fact of what Microsoft's done in this time. Like, all these things that they had set for it and you know, if, if you're thinking of the things that made Xbox work, Xbox Live, obviously, Halo, but he cites, I didn't even know this, that they apparently took a $1.15 billion hit for the Red Ring thing. Oh, yeah. They, just, they had to. Um, yeah, that it was like Steve Ballmer was the one that said, okay, we're going to take this right down so we can just move on from this. And because apparently, like, some of the other Microsoft people didn't want to do it. And then he just kind of stepped in and was like, okay, we're doing this, because if not, the 360 is just going to die a death. But he, he brings up a interesting thing about they had considered uh, having a 
Xbox, like, you know, uh, portable device. And they all shot it down because they couldn't really focus on both things. But do you think that Microsoft at one point could have made a portable device work? Or... No. Well, look at how well the Vita and PSP did. Yeah. PSP eventually did okay. Not really. Because by the time it like by that time it got broken up like like broke open. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. worldwide, I don't think it would have done well. And handhelds, I mean, look at the Vita and PSP in the U.S. and Europe. Never really got off the ground. It sold better in Japan, but how well does Xbox sell in Japan right now? I think it wouldn't have gotten the traction at the time. I think now people might be a little bit more open to it, especially if they tried to do something completely different than what's been done before, but right now they need to focus on the Xbox One since they are... I mean, I know they're doing well in sales, even if they're not the top seller, but you don't want to start taking your attention away from your console and focusing on something else. Oh, yeah. I mean, now they now it would just be a bad... I mean, I, I just don't know. I mean, even Nintendo, who... Yes, they're releasing more models of their new 3DS or whatever, but... I don't know. I, I still am very skeptical about are they going to release another... Whatever the next 3DS is. On its own. Uh, because of the way that... Those things are just not selling I think the way they wanted to I mean the 3DS sells because it's the Nintendo console to, to have because the Wii U is you know is, is what it is but you know and even then the Wii uh, you know the other thing that befuddles me even though yes you are getting about $75 worth of stuff for free they still want you to pay $299 for the Wii U uh, they're coming out with another bundle with Mario Kart 8 pre-installed and a download code for the two DLC packs. Is this still too much? Yeah. Can they have come down a little bit now? I think so. I mean, 250 is not bad. I mean, I know they don't want to sell it at a loss because they're already losing on the system, but you know, if uh you can get like a place. You can get a PS4 for 400, or an Xbox One for 350. Like, like what kid is gonna? Or who in the right mind is gonna go with the Wii U instead of one of those two? The only thing I can think of is, and then by now too, the parents that walk in a store and go, "Oh, that's the console that has Mario." They've already bought that. Yeah. So. The the people that are still around now thinking about a Wii U are either, you know, people like us or kids that just don't have anything yet or maybe they're going to be new to gaming or something like that. It's just... Yeah, I don't, I don't see how this helps the, the price, but... I feel like to move the Wii U, they're going to have to do something that has never been done before on any Nintendo console, but they're not going to do it because they're already focusing on their new console. Oh yeah, I really doubt that Zelda game is coming out for the Wii U at this point. 
I mean, it looks like, uh, you know, Miyamoto said that Pikmin 4 is coming out. And it looks like it might be coming to the Wii U. So. That's cool, but, like, how many people... That's not exactly a system seller. <laughs> yeah, really. It's it's one of those games that, you know, we as, like, hardcore gamers like and, and know about, whatever. But I don't know any kids that go, oh, yeah, Pikmin. I've been waiting for that. You know, just... They got Mario Maker though, so that's their big that's their big game for the holiday. Yeah. That and hopefully Star Fox, but that's kind of a big question mark at this point. I mean, I've heard that the whole looking at the gamepad and then looking at the screen thing, you get used to it after a while. But I can imagine that being very annoying for kids. Unless your kid is cross-eyed and has like one eye always down and one eye always up, that'd be useful. <laughs> I mean, I, I tend to look at the looking down at the gamepad and then looking up at the screen, kind of like if you're actually in a fighter looking at a display and then looking back. That right. doesn't that aspect of it doesn't bother me quite as much as just not knowing if it's even going to come out or not this year. Right. Also, the, the, like the last few Star Fox games have not been great. Like the last good one is Star Fox sixty four. Yeah, that's that's certainly saying something. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they had to remake it for the DS, so, you know, you could think that Star Fox was still around. Because, you know, that was the game everybody was, it was, you know, that's the game that I, when I think of Star Fox, that's the game I think of, because the other ones for the GameCube were just, they tried to do too much with it. Which, hopefully they didn't do that with this one. Well, like, they, they look, it looks like they kind of already are with how many vehicles you can play as. It's like, this is going a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I think they need to have some type of variation in the vehicles. Because yeah. people are getting bored. I don't want to say people are getting bored with flying around all the time, but it was starting to be, what else can we do in this world? Well, yeah, they don't want to make it, make it like an hour-long game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, even in the 64 version, you had that one level where you were the tank. Right. One level is a tank, one level is a sub. Yeah. Just yeah, just don't bring back the sub. I'm good with I'm good with that. That's <laughs> I think where you get out of the fighter, that's where they started having problems. Yeah, exactly. It's, then it became a you know, platformer or whatever you know, weird just weird game. It's like just like, uh, just like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I know a, uh, a game you're excited about, I'm sure, uh, Mark, since I still see you playing uh, the the version that's out now of this game on Steam quite a lot, but Binding of Isaac Afterbirth comes out October 30th on Steam. Yep. Uh, it has a thousand new rooms, 120 new items, eight new bosses. Should be fun. And it's Hopefully it's not... Hopefully, like, items work a little better in this one. Yeah. So, what's wrong with the items in this game? No, the items in uh, Rebirth, like, some of them don't quite mesh correctly. Yeah. And this one looks like you can, like, have, like, bouncing lasers and a whole bunch of, like, other crazy stuff. Well, hey, at least, uh... Soon, people that are big Borderlands fans can play Borderlands 1 on the Xbox One. 
because you'll get your have your save files or add-ons and all that stuff carried over now see that's how you do backwards compatibility right there bring it all over not just the game but if you're playing it on 360 you can just play it the way it was on xbox one i like hearing uh, positive things about the backwards compatibility all the time because you know it's uh you know people have been asking for it and i'm glad that they're kind of just really taking it to heart I don't know that I'm going to sit there and play all those games on my Xbox One, but, you know, it's there if I want it. What do you think? Uh, you're expecting more of, more of this stuff, Daniel? Or Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more people get into it, because what's the big thing we keep hearing that companies want to do with their games? They want to expand the life of their games. They want people to keep playing them longer than they have been by making a big deal out of announcing that game X, Y, and Z are backward compatible, people are going to go and it's going to pop back into their minds. They're going to think, huh, I really like that game and go back and play it. Right. For a little bit. Right now, there is no reason for people that have that had a 360 and wanted a new console, say somebody traded in a 360, got an Xbox One, there's no reason for them to keep their 360 games. Going with backwards compatibility lets those games stay in the hands of the people that bought them. And, like, say there's a new Borderlands coming out. When Borderlands 2 was announced and was getting ready to come out, I started playing Borderlands 1 just to refresh myself on the game. I think you're going to see a lot more of that with franchises that are going to have their first game coming out on the next-gen consoles. Yeah, I can definitely see that. It makes sense. You know, instead of having to do the whole remaster thing, you can just say, okay, you like they did with Gears. Like, okay, we're remastering the first one, but we're not going to do with all the other ones. You'll just get the other games backwards compatible. Yeah. How funny would it be if they announced that Borderlands 2 is not backwards compatible, though? <laughs> It'll come later. I, I wouldn't no. be surprised at all. No, I mean, I mean, I mean it's already on the Xbox One, though, for the, for the right, collection. Right, yeah, with uh, yeah, yeah, the collection. Pre-sequel. I mean, they're doing it with, uh, they're going to do it with Halo, right? So, I mean, I don't know why not. Well, I, I mean, think at, the, so, at some point, the cells for that collection are going to die. I mean, yeah, I think the big thing for it is it doesn't cost the developers anything to do it because Microsoft said they'll handle getting everything backwards compatible. Yeah, see, so you know, unless you're just really dying to make that remaster. I don't see why not. And I think I that'll also nice. help to kill remasters if people start making stuff backwards compatible. They're going to be lower sales for remasters. I wonder if they want to do that, though. Because they see that there's they're making a bunch of money with these remasters. Yeah, but it's getting to the point now where there's enough other stuff out there to play. People aren't going to want to just keep buying remasters. They're going to want to buy new stuff. Yeah, I can't see a lot of people buying like the Darksiders 2 remaster or the uh, Dishonored remaster. It's like, yeah, I think like right. after Uncharted, it was like, okay, enough of that. Like the Uncharted one makes sense because you have a lot of people that are coming with a PS4 that never had a PS3. But like some of the other stuff, it's like, all right, you know, it's especially with Dishonored, which was, I think, a Gains for Gold and a PS Plus. 
Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's like, uh, okay, I think I've seen enough Dishonored 1 for a while. Well, another game we'll be seeing again pretty quick here is Castle Crashers. It's getting remastered for the Xbox One. It actually comes out today at some point. Um, it's going to cost $15. Uh, it's actually free through September 20th if you already have it on 360 and have Avex and have Xbox Live Gold, or you can get it for five bucks starting on the 21st if you already own the game on the previous system. So, hey, that's nice. At least you can just bring it over to your Xbox One for free if you really enjoy still playing that game. See, I mean, that that's cool. Like, a lot of, you know, we, we saw, um, what was it, uh, Evolved was free this weekend. Like, I really think, like, Microsoft's just doing a lot of good stuff lately that shows, I mean, obviously it's, you know, some of it's making up and they, wanting people to feel like what you bought means something or whatever, but, you know, they don't have to do it. So, you think uh, we'll see more of this kind of thing? Where if you own the game previously, they'll let you just bring it over, or... Daniel? Yeah, I think we will, just because it's a really good way to disperse new sales of the game. Say that I don't have it, but my friends do, and they start playing it all the time. Yeah, it's an older game, but it's still fun, and it's cheap, so why not pick it up and play it with your friends? I mean, a lot of people complain that oh, there are some games out there that don't have a big player base or multiplayer. This just, everybody that's had the game before suddenly can play it, and that increases the player base as well. Yeah, especially with something like Castle Crash, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, with other people, so. You know. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, it's a good, it's good, but... I just don't know how many how many new people they're going to bring in. Like that's just my kind of question. Because most people who would, have, who would play that game already own it, so it's like I, I don't see it as a big like. Didn't Castle Crashers kind of not die, but just kind of slowly fade away? <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, Behemoth somebody got their new game coming out, and so I mean. It's one of those things, people are still playing it, obviously, but it's not in the high demand that it was, you know, previously, so. Uh, something that Mark found on a website, um, it has to do with somebody's uh, LinkedIn that works for Square, but he has listed a Kingdom Hearts 2.9, which started causing uh, Mark and I to wonder what that means. It's a big rumor, obviously it's not... You know, nothing is confirmed yet, but I would, I mean, it is listed for PS4 and PS3. The only thing I can think of is it's the 1.5 and 2.5 together. That wouldn't equal 2.9, but... Uh, to, to be fair, math has not been one of Square's strong points lately. No. Number, three, number 358 over 2. Yeah, that... Uh, I don't know what that meant. But okay. Just out of curiosity, what has been Square's strong point recently? Uh, uh, Eidos? Tomb Raider? Yeah. Yeah, but that I wasn't am. really Square doing anything. It was 
Well, they own Eidos, so... <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's not their flagship company. Yeah, but that's what's keeping their ass afloat, so... Yeah, exactly. All their American stuff is basically keeping their butts and, you know... It's not, it's not like Final Fantasy fifteen. whenever that gets out. It's like, that'll sell well, but... I mean, look at how much time is time and money has been invested into it. It's going to be a loss. Yeah, I can't imagine Type Zero did that great for them either. That's kind of a shame because that's a, actually a good game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good on them for continuing to release the stuff on Steam to try to get them more sales and whatever. But not on Steam. That was a crap game. But on like consoles, it's fine. <laughs> ah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I'm not going to hit on what they're doing. At least they, they knew what to hit on at the press conference, you know. They made just Cause and Hitman and all that stuff look good. Uh, to the point of I almost still want to play that Hitman game, <laughs> even though I'm not very good at those games, period. But it is what it is. So Cliffy B had something. He said that he was almost done with gaming when he left Epic. Uh, he says that gamers were becoming jaded, and he thought that all the people, or, you know, some of the really talented people at uh, Epic were becoming jaded. He'd pitch something, and they'd just be like, I don't buy it. I mean... No, they said get get your ass back to making more chain swords. <laughs> yeah, probably that too. But has there ever been a time where you thought, like, you were going to be done with games, or you just couldn't? play game, you know, I had a period where I basically had to sell all my stuff to just keep living, and I couldn't play anything but, like, my old PS1 and PS2 games for a while. Uh, it was, like, at least for a year or so, but have y'all ever gotten to a point where you just, you were quitting gaming, or gaming wasn't that big a deal to you? I mean, I had a point where it was due to like, I mean, monetary reasons where I just couldn't play games and I was out of it for a little while. I never enjoyed being out of it. always missed it. I always tried to keep up with the news of what was coming out, but I just couldn't play anything. Uh, as for people becoming jaded, when have gamers not been jaded and complained about stuff? I mean, yeah, we just didn't hear about it before the internet. I think part of me feels like this is the whole Hollywood, well, you don't like what I'm doing? Well, you should like it because I'm giving it to you type argument. Right. I mean, people have always been jaded. They will always be jaded. I don't think that type thing will ever change. I mean, I don't know. I think it has to do also with the fact that we've come to expect a lot from games now. You know, people have just become... We've become kind of spoiled with all these great games that come out and everything. And when... And especially, you still have that big mentality of people just not liking indie games. They think indie games are stupid. Or if it's on a triple A game, it sucks. Or... You know, that to me is when you're getting jaded and it's dumb. Like, to me, you should just appreciate all kinds of games. I mean, I get some people just don't like certain games or whatever, but 
if you really care about video games and you love video games, then you should be able to give anything a shot, you know, and I feel like maybe he felt like some of his creativity was stifled too because, you know, he, uh, the people that were there didn't understand what he wanted to do and he's just like, oh man, I'm done with this, whatever, but. Yeah, but at what point does that become his fault for not explaining it better or, I mean, we've seen some pretty weird games come out that people have gotten games made. And I don't think it's because they game companies only want clones of existing games. I think it you get to the point where some people just aren't explaining things as well as they should. And that's where you're getting the problem where stuff doesn't get greenlit at one place, but it does at the other. I don't know about that. I mean, there's certain companies that, like, until recently, EA wasn't making anything really new. I mean, same thing with Activision. Well, it depends what you mean by EA, though, because you always had, uh, like, the people working on Mass Effect, Dragon Age. I mean, those were, granted, they were RPGs, but, it, I mean, those were new franchises that they were putting out. What's their, new fr- what's their newest franchise been? Well, now they have the, uh, that little, that indie game, uh, what should we call it? one with the red, the yarn thing. Okay. They shut off at E3. I mean, and they, they gave Mirror's Edge another shot. So. Yeah, I mean, they put stuff out, but you get some people that say they're not going to buy it just because it's EA. You get other people that say they're not going to buy it because it's a new fr- IP or it's a new franchise, and then in the same breath, they're complaining about no new IPs or no new franchises. Right, yeah, that's that's you know that's jaded number one right there and like to me it's just it's dumb like don't complain about there not being new things and then you don't want to go out there and give those new things a a chance you know because the only way that they're going to get any kind of word of mouth is somebody has to play them besides just critics i mean right but if a game is really good it will sell and it will word of mouth will increase the sales of nothing else not always, though. There's been a lot of games that people say, "Oh, these games are great," and they don't sell well. And then, like, look at a uh, look at Mirror's Edge, for example. Look at look at how many uh, there there are other games that have done. They didn't sell what you would think that they should for for all the praise it was getting because people just you know it wasn't something they knew. So yeah, they but go, is Mir- ah. but Mirror's Edge has its flaws. Right. I mean, it's not a perfect, great game. I agree with you on that. I'm saying if there's a game that comes out that is a good game, it doesn't have very many flaws, it'll sell no matter what. Yeah. The thing is, oh, I mean, at this point, and I don't consider this gamers being jaded, gamers are very critical about games that have flaws in them whether it be major glitches, whether it be clipping it. I mean, what it, whatever the issue is, if a game has some major flaws in it, gamers will turn against it and turn against the developer for releasing it with those flaws. Look at, I mean, there's a long list of... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. is that... But going back to Jaded Gamers... And fair or not, it tends to be new IPs that have those issues. 
is that are those gamers being jaded or is it just saying we want quality we don't want you to just throw something out and expect us to pay for it right but there there are times where new ip comes out and they just don't go to it because it is something new that they don't quite understand or whatever i mean it's the same thing when you know you get the new hot artsy movie that everybody likes does everybody go see it no does it make it that it's not is it not it's still a great movie but not a lot of people saw it because yeah but movies you you have to be careful with because these artsy movies tend to get limited releases or they're not released everywhere and it i mean it's not quite as comparable Did, did journey really sell like all that well I mean, it did okay. Yeah, I would say like, that it did. I mean, it was an indie game. Yeah. That right uh, there, you have people that either don't like buying digital games or just don't like indie games or some people that have a limited amount of money and they only want to get certain games that they know. Oh, yeah, I can understand the money yeah. part. And I can understand the... Well, I'm saying just because it... I mean, it was a good game, but just because it... I mean, it made money and that's the goal. It doesn't have to be a. It doesn't have to break sales record to be a successful game. Square. It does not have to be a game a sales break a sell record breaker to be a successful game. Please remember that. The Tomb Raider was a failure. Until <laughs> the definitive edition came out, and then it wasn't. All of a sudden. We all know Cliffy B was jaded because Microsoft shot on his Jazz Jackrabbit reboot. And he decides Fortnite Destiny, and then what else? I mean, like, most of the new games you get now are indies. And then if they do well, then it lets them make bigger games or more indie games or whatever. I mean, just... Well, yeah, I mean, nobody's going to start out... or Very few companies are going to start out making a groundbreaking AAA game and that be their first release. I mean, I can't think of the last company that really did that. And it... Was a perf- It was a great game. I mean, whenever you get a new IP, what you always hear is there's a lot of potential here, but dot dot dot. Yeah, yeah most like most games when they get released aren't they're, they're gearing up for like trilogies or hopeful sequels to fix all the problems of the first one. Or the first game's always like a proof of concept. Right, like uh, why can I not think of the the stupid uh. The PS4 game that got crapped on really bad. Watch Dogs? No, not that game. Uh, uh, the Order? Yeah, The Order. Which now GameStop is giving me an offer that I can go buy it for $20, and I still don't know <laughs> if it's <laughs> worth see, that. I mean, look at... I'll use that as an example. It was a new IP, but people didn't like it because it was predictable, and it didn't bring anything new to the table. And it also sort of made you feel like they lied to you because it seemed to be a different game than it actually wound up being. Yeah. 
they took out multiplayer, they took out co-op, all that. You can't tell me that if they had put in multiplayer, if they had put in co-op or one or the other, that game would not have been more successful. Probably so. And also make it to where, you know, you're actually playing the game more and not reading stuff or exactly. watching things. But, but, I mean, you can't say that that game didn't sell because it was a new IP, but that's what a lot of people look at it and say, oh, well, it was a new IP, that's why it didn't sell. Or a lot of people in the, that handle right. making games say. Right. I mean, in your case, you know, look at Last of Us. New IP from a company that is known, and then people flock to it, you know, because it was so so great and everything. So there's a case that you made for all of that. It's just I, I do feel like you know it's like with anything though. You know, the internet has made us made people in general more knowledgeable about things that maybe perhaps when we didn't have the technology, we we kind of just. You know, as kids, nobody thought about any glitches that were in the NES games we were playing or whatever, right? We just played them. That's that's what we had. Because all those games were perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when we were kids, all those games were just... Hey, I remember throwing my controller a few times due to glitches. Yeah, I do too. You know, it's just... But we didn't have an avenue to complain about it or tell anybody about it, really, except to your friend that came over or or your parents that were there listening to you yell at the TV or whatever. You could write a letter to Nintendo Power. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's gotten to the point where gamers are less forgiving for flaws. Right. But I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. I mean... If you saw how many moviegoers are willing to overlook massive plot holes. Yeah, I mean, not even that, but just, you know, other things, whatever, and if there's something wrong with the movie in general, just, uh, yeah, I mean, how many people come out there and are reviewers now that it's just, it's crazy. I mean, it gets to the point where the, your base evolves to expecting better quality than they did 10, 20 years ago. And that's not a bad thing, because that means that it's growing and there's more people have more options. Right, and you should want people to tell you what's wrong with your game so you don't make the mistake again, you know, later. Just, uh, you don't want to have the same problems with your game second time around. Obviously, there are still people that do that, you know, yearly franchises and whatnot, but... You know, what if we didn't? I mean, what if we didn't have people to tell you, "Hey, this this sucked," or you need to change this, or or whatever? Just how different games would be? How many more games would come out with glitches and problems? And yeah, I mean, but you get some uh, game creators and some big names that get personally offended when people point out that there were glitches or point out what they didn't like. And you see that more prevalent with the indie games than you do with the big corporations. I don't know about that. Look at the guy who does Twisted Metal. Well. That guy's a douche. I mean, you do see it with uh, with both kinds, obviously. I mean, the indie gamer, the indie game developer, 
they get a little bit more <laughs> upset about it because it's their livelihood. Like, yeah, their whole life making this game, and then you crapped all over it, and now they can't make another game. So, you know, I mean, yeah, that it should have been made right the first time, but sometimes you don't have the cash flow to fix this or fix that or whatever. You kind of just have to put it out there. Uh, you know, but then also the, the big AAA games that they do come out and they have problems. Some of them are really understanding and they say, okay, we're going to make a patch, whatever, and some of them are just like, okay, deal with it. You know, yeah. and it, that's pretty crappy, but just uh you know not everybody can can be good at pr i guess <laughs> uh and uh, you know speaking of we were we were talking about ubisoft they're gonna make a theme park in malaysia centered around assassin's creed just dance and the rabbits <laughs> it's due to open in kuala lumpur in 2020 um yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. That'll be the vacation spot of the year. <laughs> I just don't like. What are you making out of Just Dance? Like, it'll just be DDR. It'll just be like reskin DDR machines. Yeah, but you make a whole theme park on that. Like, you know, I mean, like the rabbits, I can kind of understand. That's your mascot and whatever. And then you know, Assassin's Creed. Uh, I, that's obvious. I don't know what ride you're making out of that, but... Like a boat ride, or, you know, I mean, they'll figure something out. You'd think Far Cry would, uh... I think Far Cry, like Prince of Persia, Watch Dogs, maybe. Uh, you could make a Watch Dogs game where, you know, you can actually drive the car correctly. Rayman would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Rayman. Like I said, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we'll find out in like five years or something. Yeah. When, when they're supposed to have this done. It just seems like a really It'll weird be location. Like for the It'll just be like... It'll just be like some super long tunnel from like there to like J Tokyo, Japan. Uh, like Disney Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, just make it a bright light or bright white light tunnel that yeah. you're going through, like you're waiting for the lo for the animus to load. <laughs> That'd be great. So that you like never come out of it. <laughs> uh, this this park is where they just play the the real animus that Ubisoft has been building for years. Well, uh, you know, at, at least, they, uh, you know, we might see that or we might see a Mega Man movie made by 20th Century Fox. So. Yay, Fox messing up another franchise. Just what I wanted. <laughs> it's just going to be live action because. I, I really hope so. They can get Zac Efron to play Mega Man. It'll be great. Oh, God. I can so see that happening, too. Give it to the guy that did Fantastic Four. <laughs> God, even worse. <laughs> no, no. Fox proudly announces Huey Bowl will be handling the Mega Man movie. Oh, oh. <laughs> Might as well strike it down right now. <laughs> D 
Do you, I, I mean, is there any chance like it could maybe work? I mean, I think it depends on how much they paid for the movie rights. If they didn't pay a lot and the director's allowed to have their own say so and the director's a fan of the franchise, it could work. If the studio gets massively involved, it, it won't work. I want it to, let's say it's a two hour movie. I want the movie to just be about 20 or so boss fights for five minutes each, and then it just ends. <laughs> Yeah, all the different. Uh, <laughs> it just goes. It just goes through the series like chronologically. Like the first six boss fights are <laughs> the Gutsman and Fireman and Iceman, and then it goes up from there. <laughs> That's great. I don't know if people would actually be too into that movie, but you know. I'd watch it. <laughs> Straight to DVD release. I think the guy did, like, one of the Planet of the Apes movies is doing it. Yeah, he did, yeah. Like, what? Hey. If they get a good director, who knows? Well, I mean, the story was originally evil robots have taken over, and... Yeah, it's not too far-fetched for them to do a movie on. Evil robots, evil apes, and... I, it'll be interesting to see what version of Mega Man they pull. Like, if they do the original one, I mean, they would kind of have to, I would think, but... They probably would, but, I mean, I'm sure he would have different, you know, attacks or whatever. It wouldn't just be the, the gun he'll, or... He'll, he'll still be named Rock, and his sister will still be named Roll, and that'll be great. <laughs> and then for the sequel, they, they can go up to Mega Man X. Yeah, I think he would... Who knows? I don't know if they'll get that far. It'll just be, it'll, each, each Mega Man series just gets, just gets a movie on its own, so you can get the Mega Man Legends movie. But that'll have to be kickstarted first. <laughs> would, would oh, I thought they were going to go with the Mighty Number no. 9 movie as a sequel that they have to do kickstarted. <laughs> that is such a weird game. Like, I don't think it's coming out. <laughs> Mighty number nine? Yeah. Why? It's just been so delayed, and people I've heard are so pissed about it. I'm sure you paid all this money for the game to get made, and they had to ask for more money, and then... Also, the red ash kickstarter didn't exactly help. Yeah, exactly. It's funny that, it's funny that the movie one got, got, got funded, but the game one didn't. Yeah, that is... <laughs> Well, hey, so, there's always Star Citizen that'll hold the hopes of everybody wanting a good crowdsource video game. Except for that one jackass who did the space, who's like suing them about their like account practices. Really? I think I think it's name. I think it's like yeah, he like some guy suing them, and like he like Star Citizen, like they refunded that guy's money, but he's still suing them or trying to. Why? Because he's an idiot. Well, I did hear that they are... I mean, there's apparently enough people complaining about how long it's taking and what they're saying they're cutting out that they are refunding people's money. Oh, this guy named Derek Smart, he's like a game, he claims to be a game designer, that's right. And he's like trying to get this like class action lawsuit going about it. 
but it, his his reasoning is like they wasted so much of our money, so I'm going to waste more of their money by fighting the lawsuit. It's like, wait a yeah, second. Yeah, that, that doesn't make sense. I'm no lawyer, but that doesn't quite work out. <laughs> yeah, if they're spending money on lawyers, that means there's less money they're spending on the game. But, yeah. Whatever, floats their boat, I guess. So, apparently, Warner Brothers is so happy with Ben Affleck as Batman that they're going to cut down the screen time for Henry Cavill as Superman in the Batman vs. Superman movie. <laughs> I, you know, this somehow <laughs> Superman just gets shafted everywhere by DC. Oh, I was just going to say DC Comics get shafted by Warner Brothers again. <laughs> I, I don't get this. Like, I mean, okay. Marvel movies are handled by the comic book company. They stay fairly true to the comic book character, and they do well. DC comic book movies, the company has very little say in it. They try to change everything around because they want it to more be more gritty, dark, and realistic. And they don't do as well, and sometimes they bomb. They do well, but it has to, like only Batman does well. Yeah, I mean, at what point do they realize, hey, maybe we should just keep things... Well, Batman does well because he's... Those are the movies that feel the closest to the comics. A gritty, street-level hero. Also, they had a not-jackass direct them, so that helped. Yeah, but I mean, at what point do you say, hey, maybe we should try to... Maybe Superman should be a little bit more lighthearted. Maybe we shouldn't just try to completely change the character and have him dark and gritty just because it worked for Batman. They're two different characters. <laughs> or, you know, at least make Superman feel like he matters. You know, because... You know what's baffling about that is the DC movies suck, but the, like, the shows are good. Yeah, and yeah. the animated movies are good. But those are the ones that the studios don't have a lot of say in. Because they don't care they, about them. Right. Yeah, they say, okay, just don't use this, this, or this, and have fun. Yeah, because they're not expecting anything out of that either. I mean, and they don't mind pulling the feet from right underneath the show. Look at Arrow. They were using Deadshot, they were building him up for something, and then they said, you can't use that character anymore. That just doesn't make any sense. Well, they can't use it because Suicide's coming, Suicide Squad's coming out and Will Smith is Deadshot. Get we can't have Arrow. two versions of Deadshot in a TV show, even though we're going to have a movie Flash and a TV show Flash. No, it's pretty soon Warner Brothers will say you can't use a Flash in a Flash show. Yeah. You know, we laugh, but I expect them to do something like that eventually. Or yeah. say you can't use Barry Allen anymore. They'll just magically turn into Wally West. Uh, they, they're already saying they're introducing Wally West in this next season. They introduce like everyone in the next season. Yeah, isn't it great? <laughs> the half the people won't even be there after like episode two. Like these, uh, Warner Brothers will be like, "Oh, hey, we didn't tell you to use any of these people. What the hell?" Oh, hey, yeah, you can use Vibe. We're gonna take the rest of the Flash and the Rogues away. Have either of you watched the Supergirl pilot? No, of course not, because I would have had to illegally download that and watch it. 
it's so yeah. awkward how they cut around Superman. Yeah, I know. Him. Him. Like, just fucking cast Tom Welling in the role and be done with it. Cast somebody in He's the role, He's not doing anything please. else. He's fine. That's, yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me either. Yeah. Make a Supergirl movie, but she don't have Superman in it. Like... No, and they really don't even like saying He's the word like Superman. Stuff. It's all him or he said I, that. Yeah, or like his cousin or her cousin. Yeah. What the hell? That show's not gonna do well. I, mean, I no, actually, the epic, like the pilot's not that bad. Yeah. It, it's really not. It's really awkward about the Superman stuff, but like the main actress is pretty fine for the role. Or, yeah, I thought. I mean, I, I like her as an actress. Just. Uh, it's know, just I mean, how. Hopefully how long? They take that out. I feel like how long can you have a Supergirl movie before Superman shows up? Yeah. They'd have to at least put him in season two or something if they get that far. I just don't want it to be like very episodic. Like every week he faces just some new stupid threat. Like, no. <laughs> I hope not either, but I don't I'm want really this to be worried that, you know. I don't want this to be Smallville 2.0. Well, we've already got, I mean, not really tights, but we've got capes and flying, so. I mean, after they changed uh, Sleepy Hollow, where they tried to make it more episodic and stuff, I'm not enthused by a didn't, lot of things. Didn't that well, bomb horribly? Well, no, they're changing it this season. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind a show being more episodic. Look at Supernatural. In general, it's a very episodic show, but every now and then they'll relate to something that's building up. And then they'll have a few episodes that dedicate just directly to that. I don't mind that so much. But if you just go purely episodic with no reference to anything else in the past, that's where, when I get run into an issue. Yeah, because you're not rewarding any of the people that keep watching the show. Right. I mean, look at X-Files. They handled it really well. Some would say they drew it out too much, but they had a nice balance of episodic and ongoing storylines. I would actually say their episodic stuff is better than their storyline stuff for the most part. Uh, looking back, yes. <laughs> but at the time, you liked hearing about the storyline and getting little bits and pieces of it developed until you saw the ending. I mean, I'm willing to give Sleepy Hollow a chance. I just want to see just how episodic they're planning on it being. Yeah. As long as I let you give little hints. And, and because that show's been built that way. Like, it, it's just, you know, I worry about it too because it's been built to have this overarching story. It's been the same thing kind of throughout both the seasons. And now you're going to make it episodic all of a sudden. It's like, well, you still got to have hints to the main story. Because if not, it's not going to be the same show. But hey, it's going to cross over with Bones. Yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> well I would say, okay. Fox. Uh, you know, yeah. y'all do weird things. Uh, speaking of something that might, may or may not be weird. Uh, Johnny Quest. Getting a movie. Live action. It's supposed to be James Bond meets Indiana Jones, according to the director. 
At least the original cartoon is going to be used as most of the source material, though. So, Robert Remember? Rodriguez also has a hand in writing the script. Remember how good that Inspector Gadget movie was? <laughs> hey, just give me some more Venture Brothers and I'll be happy. Right? You know what? I really like Johnny Quest as a kid, so I'll give it a shot. I mean, I can see how they could do it, but... Isn't it just going to be like Agent Cody Banks, that like like weird movie? Well, I mean... I never watched Johnny Quest, so I don't know. How many kids nowadays now actually watch Johnny Quest or have watched any version of Johnny Quest? That's, a, that's the same thing with like Jim and the Holograms movie. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> At least Johnny Quest has those new adventures of Johnny Quest or whatever. Sort yeah. Of, but Gem and the Holograms thing is like, all right, just we want to bring back stuff from the 80s. Let's just do it. Well, I hate saying this, but there is a relevant thing that they could, that people could look at, a fairly recent thing people could look at and say, hey, this reminds me of that. And I hate to say what it is because it's so horrible and it was on Disney, but. It is a pop star oh, having a secret yeah, life. Montana. I mean, it is somewhat similar. Pop star having a secret life. Yeah. In the sequel, does he, is she going to show her boobs then? <laughs> or just show everybody I'll, I'll everything watch. like she did on the VMAs? I want her to be a widget the world watcher movie now. Wait, what is that? There's an old cartoon called Widget the World Watcher. From when? Early 90s. That's probably one of the early 90s cartoons I did not watch. Uh, yeah. You know what early 90s cartoon I want to see a live action movie made of? Exo Squad. Bucky O'Hara. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or a Mighty Ducks movie. Again? No, I mean, with, like, with the cartoon Ducks. Oh, but the cartoon yeah, I, I can go for that. You laugh, but aren't they making... I've heard rumors that they're making a new Mighty Ducks movie. Oh, God. Well, Joshua Jackson's not doing a, a Fringe anymore, so why not? <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's like a Next Generation type thing. Something. Yeah. That makes sense if he was the coach. Hey, you could probably get the NHL to uh, pony up some of the money just to get people interested in hockey again. <laughs> I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm just saying that those movies got more people interested in hockey than anything else the oh, NHL would have ever done. When I was a kid, I, I wanted to play hockey because of that movie. Or those movies. Uh, Alright, so I guess... Uh, I'm just going to run down this. Uh... So Destiny, the Taken King, comes out next week. Super Mario Maker comes out on Friday. Forza Motorsport 6 comes out next week. Uh, so does Pro Evolution Soccer 2016. People are still playing that? Alright. Um, Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain for the PC, comes out next week. No, it's already out. Oh, it is? I'm Probably playing it. Early. Oh, that's right. You're playing it. Well, it says on here. I don't. I don't know. Sometimes they have these. 
Maybe maybe like it gets released to like stores or something. Yeah, yeah I'm the retail version. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the NHL 2016 also comes out next week. I'm sure Randall is just dying to play that already. And the Disgaea Triple Play Collection, which I just bought three and four for a total of like, well, it would have been like $19, but I had a $10 credit, so I got them both for 10 bucks. not bad. Um, and I'm reviewing Disgaea 5 right now, which I can't really say a whole lot about other than, you know, it's Disgaea, so you can pretty much know what you do in that game. Uh, but I, I'm really enjoying it, so uh, they gave us uh, there's a long embargo for it. I can't talk about it till like the 22nd. <laughs> uh, but hey, something we can talk about because it's going to be showing up. Well, she won't be showing up until Christmas, but Doctor Who comes back really soon, and apparently River Song is going to show up in the Christmas uh, episode. It's the first time she's ever meeting the uh, Peter uh, Capaldi. Think, yeah, Peter Capaldi version of uh, Doctor Who. How many times are they going to bring her back? I don't know, but I like her. So. Hey, I like it's her time travel. But they just go visit a version of her before she died, and you're good. That's the thing is, like, she's kind of exited the series like three or four times now, and I thought the last time was pretty decent. It's like that's a nice bow on the character. Like, you're fine. Yeah, right, but it's yeah, a spoiler, exactly. so... I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I don't mind bringing her back here or there. I mean, it's a time travel show. You can always bring people back if you wanted to, unless you completely erase them from time. Maybe like bringing back Amy Pond and Rory. <laughs> hey, they're living in the 1950s New York. There's no reason the doctor can't go visit them. That's true. He should do that one day. I'm sure that'll happen at some point. We'll see a lot of them. Maybe whenever Capaldi's done being the doctor or something. But, yeah, you know they even show that on Disney XD now? Doctor. Yeah, the Tenet Doctor. Well, is it Tenet that they're showing? It's 2007. Is what yeah, that'd be Tenet, I think. Yeah, yeah Tenet. Yeah, that's cool. New people hey. getting introduced to Doctor Who. Yeah. Never gonna complain about that. Um, Alright. Although I am looking forward to the new season. Me too, man. I can't wait for it to get here. Yeah. The best 13 weeks of TV. Sadly then we, true. Then we gotta deal with all the fall shows coming back. and. Uh... But hey, the league start. A new season of yep. the league is starting this week, so that's good. Starts, uh... Today, actually. Or tonight, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't wait for that. It's going to be the last one, though. Makes me sad. Yeah, but I think they kind of ran the course of that one, of that show at this point. At least they get the season to say goodbye. Yeah, I'm glad they are. All right. Well, that's about it for this week. Um, Let's get to those plugs. Daniel? Uh, 411 Factor Fiction goes up on every Thursday or sometimes Fridays, depending on the schedule. Uh, check it out. This week I've got Todd and Randall discussing and sadly not arguing nearly as much as they used to, but 
Hey, what can you do? It's uh, the more mature Randall now that he has that spiffy new job, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> just, just have one of the questions be, is Randall an idiot, and have it factor fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you'd appreciate that too much. <laughs> Mark? Uh, my comment went up Monday. Uh, it was about top eight remaining 2015 games. Uh, next week, you think about like law enforcement games, which is kind of interesting. And that's about it. My Infinity review should be hitting shortly once I actually write it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, uh, what's your final uh, thoughts on that? Or? Uh, it's good, but it has some weird problems, like bugs. Like platform or like hanging from wall or hanging from like walls is kind of hard or just stupid. Like you can keep like pressing X to go right, but you'll eventually just like fly off the wall. And it's like they should have not had that happen. I'd agree. And there's like a quest later on. Uh, me and my friend both noticed this where you get a quest to like go in this vehicle and collect this person, but the indicator never pops up for where they are. Uh, it's just kind of broken. <laughs> but, like, the gameplay itself is fine, and the, like, Diablo mode is really good. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that mode you were telling me about, that's that's awesome. It's, fu it's fun just to pick up Scrooge McDuck, throw them at people, and have them explode. <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah, I saw your Zero Drifter reviews also. Um, yeah, that was okay. <laughs> it was just boring fighting the same boss every time. That's uh, innovative. Let's just fight the same boss constantly. That's whatever, I guess. <laughs> I, I put down my pre-order for Rock Band 4 now, so super excited about that coming out in about a month. So I can just lose myself in more music game. <laughs> It's been a long while, so why not? And, you know, Guitar Hero can just go sit somewhere. I'm not paying $100 for that thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I've got 4PC is going to come out on, I guess, the same time as you, or you might get, because Randall decided he wanted to send me his after I went to work, so I really couldn't do anything. I got home at midnight and Jeremy was like, yeah, I'm not waiting an hour. So, <laughs> that's how that happened. <laughs> yeah, that's how it happens sometimes. The joys of having to wait for people to respond. <laughs> right. I sent out a game's top five of the top five Morrow levels. Hopefully, some people will send me lists. Yeah, I was trying to think of that. It's just kind of hard to pick out like individual levels. Yeah, that's the problem I was having. Like you can say one one, that's kind of the obvious one. But aside from that, it's like, well, I guess that Axum Ranger stage from Mario RPG was kind of cool. But I thought about making it like set of like certain worlds or whatever in the Mario games, but or like the clock level from, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's hard for me, too, because there's so many games to go through and sit there and remember which levels that I like, which, you know, 
Yeah. Once I didn't, but. Like, like one one two three three one five four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Super Mario three and sixty four and all that stuff. Uh, well, yeah. Until next week, we shall see all of you later. Later. Later.